0: amen to that everybody yeah this is such a powerful call to prayer this verse ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 it's our foundation verse for these next few um, exhortations that i've been giving on prayer and emily said it we are in the middle by the way i'm this is the only time i'm thankful that emily talks as fast as she does is when she's doing announcements when we're in staff meeting and I'm trying to talk to her, I'm always saying, um, these old ears need you to slow down and, and let me keep up with you, but, but thank you, Emily, for helping us to understand. You know, th- this verse, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, so interesting, with, with requests. Look, it says, and always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. And then, and then the the next verse that's not up there, Paul says, and pray for me. And there's this strong encouragement for us to be praying for one another. And, and, and these Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, Wednesdays, uh, during the month of, of January beginning this year, is us trying to set the stage or give you the opportunity to have occasions to pray. And there are many other occasions than just the ones that we put on the calendar. You know, I, I, I was online yesterday looking at uh, some of the Christian Life people, what's been going on this week, and I saw a men's group meeting at Just Love and praying with one another, encouraging one another. And this has been happening all through this week. And I want to give you another Occasion. I want to add another occasion uh, for prayer, and I want us to pray here this morning. Um, this past week, I found out about a really very close friend of mine, a lifetime friend of mine, who has been a pastor and is an equipper of, of pastors, uh, Morris Proctor, and I found out that he is in a health crisis. This is Morris who was just here in December. You guys remember, we did the Logos um, seminar where we were training pastors, Bible college professors. and We do this every year with Morris. He is the number one trainer for the number one Bible software program that exists. And, um, and when he was here, Uh, I noticed that he had a a bit of a cough. I talked to him a little bit about it because you know, I had 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 some lung issues. Long story short, everybody. um, Morris hit a crisis over the holidays and had to go to the hospital and they found out that he has stage four cancer. He's in the hospital right now in ICU. And I prayed with him yesterday. He's on a vent because they can't stabilize his heart. His heart is up and down, his blood pressure is up and down and in and out. They had just done dialysis on him. They're draining one of his lungs. The biopsy, the full biopsy hasn't come back exactly what type of cancer it is. I spent time with his son and his brother yesterday and I promised them uh, that this church would be praying this morning and that we would find the occasion to pray. We're right in the middle of our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I don't know about you, but I believe the power of God is available to raise him up and deliver him. I also got a call from another very close pastor friend of mine that, I mean, we're like brothers in the Lord whose daughter has, a teenage daughter has gone, been going through some very difficult things and she's had to go and get treatment somewhere. It's tearing this pastor's heart apart. Another pastor that I'm part overseer of their ministry that lives in the Northeast, their finances are in their church because of the uh, economic downturn, has hit a crisis place, and he's calling in people to pray for him. So, I posted yesterday online, some of you saw it, I posted, don't forget to pray for the pastors. I started getting calls from people like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm okay, everybody. I'm okay. But you know, there are pastors that I love that uh, when we are praying for one another. You remember what the Scripture just said, you find occasions to pray. You pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers, with all kinds of requests, for all kinds of people. Last week I said the Apostle Paul asked the church in Rome, would you strive together with me in prayer? Would you struggle? Would you stand to your feet? And let's turn this place into a prayer room right now. This is is what we do. How can we just preach and teach and not pray. Join hands with somebody if you, are close, if you don't, don't even know them, introduce yourself, that's fine. We, let's join our hands and our hearts. Father, we come into an agreement right now. Lord, one of the prayers you've taught us to pray is to pray touching and agreeing together. And that if we would agree together as touching, Lord, and pray according to your will, that you would hear us. And Lord, we just pray right now for Morris Proctor. Lord, my dear friend, I'm asking for the release of God's power to touch him in the hospital bed right now. Lord, stabilize his heart. Clear his lungs. Deliver him from every trace of cancer, Lord. Give him a testimony, a miracle, Lord, of what you have done. I pray, Lord, for his children, his, Lord, the grandchildren. I pray for everyone that's Uh, that is praying right now, we join our faith together, and we pray, Lord, for pastors right now. Uh, For my other two brothers, I'm praying, Lord, with our congregation that you would move mightily and that you would deliver them from every assignment of hell that is trying to wreck and destroy and turn churches upside down. Lord, as a church family, we agree together right now that you are able, that you are God, and that you will be glorified. That's our prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. amen. Now, <laughs> now, just c- c- come on, continue staying. Put, put my verse back up on the screen, if you would. I want, it, I want you to see it again and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. That means be be watchful for anything that the enemy might be trying to do. Be alert. And I love this next call. And always keep on praying. We prayed once. We're going to leave and you're going to go to your places where you live and where you work and where your family is but I'm going to ask you will you keep on praying for the Lord's people and I'll be reporting back to you because we believe that God is going to move and we're going to have a testimony about this and you say amen. Okay. Go ahead and have a seat. Keep my verse up here, please. Uh, by the way, we're pray- it's funny how life is. You know, we're praying in a crisis mode, and I've got my number five grandchild here. I've got grandsons here. Asa Samuel Anshanatu is on the front row. He's one month old, one month and a week tomorrow, and you can see him, but don't touch him. So if you've, if you've already gotten offended because Carrie's not giving him up, that's a purpose. You've got germs all over your hands, and we are being alert and praying in the spirit. But uh, you know, my, all my kids are here today, sitting on the front row. I'm so excited about that. I want to talk to you today about praying in the spirit. Now some of you have been so looking forward to this message. Because I promised you that we were going to talk about praying in the Spirit and what it is all about. And we were going to talk some about this phenomenon that churches divide over, which is praying in tongues or the usage of of tongues. And now, so lock the doors, don't let anybody get out. (laughs) Uh, Emily said, the second time guests, we're always happy when they come back. And so if you're a first time guest, we'll see how strong you are in the Lord if you come back next week. But I, you know you know what, everybody, I just want to teach you because I want you to be equipped on how to pray in the Spirit. And there are many different ways or at least different kinds of prayers when you are praying in the Spirit. And I'm just going to do m- my best to try to unpack for us some revelation that we find in Scripture and find a good, healthy balance of how these phen- incredible gifts of the Spirit that are supernatural operate within our midst because we don't want to despise them. We don't want to be afraid of things that we can't understand. We want to fully embrace everything that God has for us. This is a year for you and I to get fully equipped with everything that God has for us so that we can hit the, the obstacles head on and not shrink back in fear or unbelief when God wants us to be equipped, okay? Okay. And I realize that some of you uh, grew up with a bias being taught against some of the things I'm going to say or some of you have never even heard anything that I'm going to be talking about today. So I just think this is a good opportunity for me to pastor you a little bit and for us to explore the Word. I don't have all the answers. I'm not an expert, but I know one thing. I want everything God has for me. And I want my church, our church, to have everything that God has for us. I want us to be fully equipped this year in the Lord can you say amen Amen. so what does it mean to pray in the spirit well let me just show you a couple of verses you know um pray in the spirit on all occasions all kinds of prayers Jude 20 another interesting verse says but you dear friends building yourself by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit there it is again you're building yourself up Praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's, this, is, this is very important, I think, if we are going to unlock this revelation of Scripture so we can fully understand it and learn how to operate it, in it and learn, I'm talking about praying in the Spirit. Now, you might automatically start or, or thinking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about praying in the Spirit. Okay, so I want you to think with me about praying in the Spirit. We have this exhortation in many different places for us to pray in the spirit, and um, and one of the solid principles to understanding the Bible, for all the Bible scholars that are in here and all of those that are new to the Bible, you need to understand this: that when it comes to understanding Scripture, we should always interpret Scripture with Scripture. Standalone verses that you just pull out with no context can lead you into all kinds of error, and this happens a lot with the American church particularly, is that we have a tendency to grab this because, whoa, we like the way this sounds, or this fits my uh, premonitions, or I really like this, and we pull out these verses that don't fit within context, or they are not confirmed by other verses in the Bible. And so I want us to interpret Scripture with Scripture, and we can do that whenever we take a look at what what does the Bible mean when it teaches us to pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is one of these verses that helps us. Understand the context here, everybody. In the church at Corinth, Paul spent three chapters teaching uh, actually more, but he he was very specific in three chapters where he was teaching them, the church at Corinth, how to operate in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. He gives a list of them. And then he gives um, this revelation of 1 Corinthians 13 which we affectionately call the love chapter and then in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians he deals with the excessive uses of people speaking in tongues or causing confusion within a church and he brings it into a right application and into a balance. And so I'm going to try to teach you a little bit about this this morning because I want you to understand what the scripture teaches us. And so if we're going to operate in this principle of interpreting Scripture with Scripture, maybe we could look at the beginning of the context where he's talking about spiritual gifts. First Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 1. Are you guys interested in this? Okay good, because I am, I really am going to enjoy doing this, I just want you to be ready and I want you to just kind of have an open mind, an open heart and... um, and, and, and let's see what the scripture teaches us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, some of uh, somehow or other, you were influenced and led, a, what, led astray by mute idols. There actually were idol worshipers back in that um, pantheistic you know, community or age that they lived in. Verse 3, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. First thing I want you to see is there is a speaking by the Holy Spirit. There is, there, there, there is a Um, a, a revelation and an inspiration and there is an energy of the spirit that operates through us it's possible for me sometimes I'm speaking by Ron's spirit there are times sometimes when I'm teaching where I'm like oh wait a minute I know I don't I don't ever raise my hand and say you know what everybody this is the Holy Ghost really talking right now so pay attention But there are times when I'm I'm speaking and I'm like amazed. I'm like, the Holy Spirit is just speaking to the congregation through my voice, through my mind. And I know, I call it prophetic, it's prophetic preaching. And you guys know it also because sometimes you go home and you're like, it's like he knew exactly what I was thinking. It's like, how did you know? I'm like, I didn't know, but the Holy Spirit knew. And so he was speaking to you through me and it was all God. Anybody experienced that ever? You know what I'm talking about. All right, so there is a speaking by the Spirit, and, uh, which is speaking under the guidance of the Spirit, and that's why no one could ever curse the name of Jesus, because the Holy Spirit would never do that. No one could say by the Spirit that Jesus is Lord and really mean it, if they were just, not, if they weren't, unless they were speaking by the Spirit, okay? My point is, is just, there are times whenever we are speaking or there is something coming out of us that is energized and and led by the Spirit. Is everybody, would you agree with me on that? All right, so when you are praying in the Spirit, that's what we're trying to define. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? When you are praying in the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that uh, that is motivating you to pray. That is that you are that is guiding you in your prayer. And the apostle Paul really wants you to be encouraged to look for those moments, to create those occasions, and to be led by the Spirit when you are praying. Okay, there are times when the Spirit is helping us and shaping us. Okay, so let me just kind of give you a couple of general I think you know well-established principles about the spirit and us praying together the first one I want and I'm gonna put on the screen it is the spirit capital S that makes God accessible to us in prayer all right I want you to see this it is God's spirit that makes the father accessible to us in prayer Ephesians 2 18 says it this way for through him Jesus is the hymn for through him, we both, Gentiles and Jews, have access to the Father by one Spirit, capital S. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us access to God. And so here's the, here's the second principle I want you to understand. It is, it is the Spirit that gives us confidence with the Father, not only access, but confidence with the Father when we pray. It's the Spirit of God. And so our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. Let me show you this. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You could put parentheses, daughters if you want to there. The NIV translates it, we're all children of God. But we are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit. You see it's a little s. You did not receive the Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you receive the spirit capital s the holy spirit who brings you into adoption as sons and daughters as children of God so it is the it is the spirit that brings us into this relationship that he's father we are his children by whom the spirit we cry, Abba father now you know this is This is the affectionate word in the Greek language for uh, daddy, for pops, for the one that I love, that I don't call, he's not distant. This this is the father that you crawl up in his lap. This is the one you put your arm around. This is the one you walk hand in hand with. This is the father that you just want to hang out with, right? This is daddy. And we cry daddy God. We're close with him. The spirit gives us that relationship with him. To those of you that are, are led by the spirit, God is not this distant ogre off somewhere that you hope to have access to. This is daddy in the house that's saying, come here boy. Come here girl. Come sit on my lap. Let me love on you. That's the revelation we have of God and it comes to us by the spirit. Okay, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, this is really important. There's a couple things here in this last sentence I want you to see. And the first thing is this, we are sons, not slaves. Come on, say amen to that. We are sons, not slaves. We have access. As a son or a daughter of God, that gives you confidence that you not only have access, but you are heard. All right, here's the second thing. We have a spirit and and it is through our spirit that we communicate with his spirit. Our spirit little s has communication with his spirit capital s. Spirit to spirit communication. Spirit to spirit relationship. So everything that you understand about God when it comes to revelation, when it comes to your knowing and your knower that you are the children of God, it don't come to you through your brain, it comes to you through your spirit. Now God's given you your brain and you help it, that helps process what's going on down deep inside of your spirit because we are spirit, soul, and body, right everybody? We are spirit, soul, and body. But I want you to see this, that when it comes to knowing God, we know God because we have spirit-to-spirit communication. It is, I I want you to see it again. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit has given us revelation in our inner spirit that we belong to Daddy God. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and it causes us to know that we know that we know that we know that Jesus is real. His blood's still speaking. The cross made a difference and I once was lost but now I'm found. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us the revelation that we know that we know that we know that we have eternal life right now. So we don't fear death. We don't fear anything That the enemy could do because we just know in our knower. Our knower is our spirit. The Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit that we are the children of God. Somebody ought to be standing up right now, waving a handkerchief, you know, shouting hallelujah. Because this is big revelation that we take for granted. This is why you need to be born again. And when you are born again, you are born of the Spirit. Everybody, your spirit man comes alive because the Holy Spirit has regenerated your dead spirit and now it comes alive and you, and this is why people that don't, have never experienced this, they're like, why are you such a Jesus freak? You're like, I can't help but be one. Why? Explain that to me. I can't explain it. I just am one. That's like me trying to explain to you why am I a human? I don't know. I just am one. I was born. Hello? And I'm a man, and I've been growing. I, it's, I'm a human being. I don't know. I didn't make it happen. Somebody else made it happen. When I got born again in the Spirit, I didn't make it happen. Somebody else made it happen, and now I just am one. I know that I am one. So the Spirit helps us pray because He gives us access to the Father and He gives us confidence that He's Daddy and that we are His children and that we don't have to beg. We can, we can come to Him on all occasions with all kinds of requests and pray all kinds of prayers because He wants to hear us. He wants us to come. And here's the third thing I want you to see, is that it is the Spirit, capital S, that inspires us and guides us to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Pay close attention here, everybody. Look what the scripture says. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. This is some big stuff right here. This is rich. This is incredible revelation. It's not something for you to gloss over. It's something for you to dig into and try to understand because it has everything to do with you being strengthened in your relationship with God. It has everything to do with you having access to God. It has everything to do with you gaining confidence when you don't know what the heck you are doing, or how in the world you're supposed to pray, or how will you ever overcome this? I love this. The Spirit helps me, I mean, I mean, I mean say that, the Spirit helps me in my weakness. You got, you got to get this because, I don't know, have you ever felt too weak to pray? Have you ever been going through an incredible crisis and you don't even know what to pray? Like, Pastor, I don't don't know how many times I've heard this, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray. I'm too weak to even believe God. This is why we need to pray one for another because I guarantee you there's somebody that's in here or watching me online right now that knows exactly what I'm talking about because they are so overwhelmed with life they don't know what to do about it they don't know how to pray about it they don't they they, they're just so weak they need to be strengthened and that's why the scripture encourages us and this year is all about us getting together with groups of people who can support one another those who are strong ministering to the weak those that are weak learning how to be strengthened because we are in this thing together and we all have access to Daddy God and the Spirit confirms to us when we are in communication with Him. So, that's why Jude says, when you pray, you should be praying in the Spirit, building yourself up in the Spirit. Alright. Something good happens when your spirit makes a strong contact with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I have found this... To be true, recently from the Saturday, Wednesday night we had prayer, Saturday morning we had prayer, Tuesday we had prayer, Thursday we had prayer, and groups of people that are getting together, and I've heard so many times people like, I just love this. I feel so strong. I feel lighter. I I, I feel like God's doing something to me. From last Saturday when people were here praying, You know, there are probably 80 or 100 people here, and as they left, there are people high-fiving one another. Pastor, this was so good. This is so good. I feel so encouraged. I feel so strong. You know why? Because when you are weak and you have contact with the Spirit who is strong, your weakness begins to dissipate, and you you find yourself strong. That's why the Scripture says that you need to build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the spirit are y'all with me on this everybody okay so this this is phenomenal what happens because sometimes we don't know how to pray but the holy spirit this is the, here's the thing verse 27 the the he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit capital s because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god so I want you to know this, that your greatest prayer partner is the Holy Spirit. It is more important for you to have a relationship, a praying relationship with the Holy Spirit, you and Him, more than you and me. I love praying for you. I got a whole bunch of cards of people that sent prayer requests in. All of our pastors are praying. I'm praying. But you know what my prayer is? Holy Ghost, strengthen them. Holy Spirit, bring the will of God to pass. Holy Spirit, you know what they need, not me. You know, because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, and He knows what's going on in your mind. You, can somebody just say, I need, "I need the Holy Spirit," and you need, you you need the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you and pray through you? We haven't even talked about speaking in tongues. You know why? Because because. There's all kinds of prayers. Praying in tongues is a type of prayer, but that doesn't mean it's that praying in the Spirit is limited to when you pray in tongues. Okay? And there is, there is a group of people that they automatically think, well, they say that if I'm praying in the Spirit, that means I'm praying in an unknown tongue. Well, you might be praying in the Spirit if the Spirit is guiding you if you are being energized by the spirit when you're praying, when your spirit is praying beyond your intellect in an unknown tongue, but you can, you can pray in the spirit and pray in your known language. Hello? Because he's guiding you and leading you in praying. So I'm, I'm not saying it's either, I'm saying it's both and. There are all kinds of ways to pray. So let's talk about praying in tongues for just a minute, okay? Let me just pass you a little bit and teach you about what I believe that the Scripture reveals to us. Now, I'll, I'll just say this from the beginning. There are a lot of people that believe that everything that happened in the book of Acts, or the majority of what happened in the early church in the book of Acts, was only for that first generation. And that it all ceased. They're called cessationists. Everything ceased. I'm not one of those. I'm just telling you I'm not. I believe what they needed in the book of Acts we need today. I just believe that. And sensationists, what they believe basically is that when we got the New Testament books canonized and we had added to the Old Testament scriptures the New Testament books then we don't no longer needed prophetic utterances or uh, people speaking in other languages by the Spirit because we have everything that was there. I just don't see, I, I, I believe you're really doing a lot of conjecture and you're taking verses out of context to try to make it fit that because you just don't like what you think is a bunch of gibberish that makes you feel uncomfortable and that sort of thing. I'm not here to offend any, anybody. There are a lot of people smarter than me that believe on both sides of this issue I'm just pastoring our congregation, and I'm going to stand before God, and, and He's going to ask me, did you equip my people? And I'm, ju- I'm wanting to equip you people with the revelation that God is illuminated to me the best that I can. So, so if I'm wrong, God bless me. He's still going to love me because I'm as sincere as I can be. I just want us to have everything God has for us, and I want us to be operating in the way that God wants us to be operating. Well, uh, pr- praise God for that co- uh, confirmation. Uh, Ashley Hayes gave me a standing ovation for about three seconds. <laughs> All right, so if you're watching online, you're missing a lot of fun right here, but I hope it's translating for you. Let's, let's, let's take it a, few, uh, a look at a few verses, okay, everybody? Um, I've just given you the foundation of praying in the Spirit, and... Uh, I take that to mean there's all kinds of ways that we're able to pray in the Spirit because it says all kinds of prayers. And so, speaking in unknown tongues is something that is so criticized and so made fun of. I'm not surprised that it is. In the book of Acts, see, speaking in tongues is, tongues is linked with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's found in Acts chapter 2. Uh, Peter said this was the promise of the Father, that I pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, we, we we have the description of what happened or the history of what happened. It was initiated on the day of Pentecost and during the Feast of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came and was poured out upon the 120 that were in the upper room. If you remember this, they spilled out into the streets and they were glorifying God, speaking in what was unknown languages to them, but other people that were there celebrating the feasts in the streets at 9 a.m. in the morning, they were hearing prophetic utterances, people glorifying God in languages that they could translate that they could not translate, all right? And and I'll just show you this to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances, okay? Okay. If you keep reading through that chapter, you'll see that some people mocked and some people were amazed. You're going to always, when it comes to manifestations of the Spirit that are supernatural, you will always have people mocking and you will always have people amazed. And it's still that way today. And so my encouragement to you is to not get yourself so bent out of shape when people mock the fact that you love Jesus and believe in the power of prayer and of the Holy Ghost. I have found one thing. When, when a person is facing death and they're about to die, they don't care if you're praying in tongues or praying in English or praying in Japanese. They need you to pray so because they're in a desperate situation. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So mockers don't mock when they're facing death's door. I mean, that's just a side note. You can take that or leave it, but... All right, so in the New Testament, this is what I've discovered. Now, I'm hitting some highlights here, and I've done a lot of teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, power of God, uh, speaking in tongues, all this kind of stuff. But just listen to me, and we'll be doing some follow-up. In fact, let me give you a promise. Here's my promise. When when May gets here, the last day of May, we're going to take May. uh, The last, last Sunday in May is the day of Pentecost. On, on the Jewish calendar, we're going to take May, and from May, June, and July, we're going to have a teaching team, and we're going to teach through the entire book of Acts. It's, that's going to be our summer teaching through the entire book of Acts, because I want us to be equipped the way the early church was. Okay. And so, but right now, I want you to understand that there are there's clearly in the word, in in the Bible to me two. distinguishing purposes of speaking in tongues. One is, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, the public prophetic exercise of speaking in tongues that is always, that is always operating with an interpretation of what was spoken in that unknown tongue, okay? The other usage of tongue is that there is a private personal use that is the speaker is not speaking to a congregation, but he's speaking to God. What I want to talk to you today is about this supernatural speaking in tongues that individuals have available to them in a prayer life, a prayer language you could say, where you're communicating to God. Not everybody believes this. There are a lot of churches that believe different versions about this, but I'm just teaching you from Scripture what what I see, okay? Let me show this to you. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, Paul is correcting the excessive use of people causing confusion by too many people or a bunch of people just speaking in tongues. Think about that. So I do pray in tongues, okay? And so I've been teaching now for about 20 minutes. And just imagine if in the last 20 minutes I've just been up here just praying in tongues an unknown language by my spirit. Let's say it really was the Holy Ghost and it wasn't just me making up a bunch of gibberish. Just so you would have faith for that. But in 20 minutes, I would have just been speaking in an unknown tongue and my spirit would probably be really built up. I'd be like, whoa, I feel so much closer to God. The Spirit's praying through me and you guys would begin filtering out one at a time. You're like, why am I here? Let's go, honey, get the kids. We're out of here. It it would be no use for you. But if I'm up here and the Holy Spirit is speaking through me in words that you understand, and you know that you know and you know where your spirit, the spirit is communicating, and you're like, you'd stay here all day. You'd be like, don't stop. Come on, Holy Ghost, teach me, equip me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't stop. There is an anointing that speaks to a congregation when we gather, but there's also an anointing where people are speaking to God. I'm going to just read it to you. How about that? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Pursue love, earnestly to desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. By the way, I I didn't write this, and this isn't just written to the 120 that was in the upper room. This is a a subsequent um, people who have, you know, been saved since the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. A prophecy is speaking by the Spirit in a language that people understand but it's by the spirit, it's not by big spirit, not by little spirit. Everybody got got me? So the one who speaks in a tongue, it says, builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, Now listen, I'm teaching you right now on praying in the spirit, not prophesying to the church. And I want you to see that there's a dual application of praying in tongues in your spirit that's personal talking to God and there is a speaking in tongues that's prophetic that speaks to the congregation a prophetic word. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. Uh, Let me read that again, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So if I was up here speaking in tongues for 20 minutes, like I said a while ago, but we had someone who had the gift of interpretation and they were interpreting what I was praying over in the spirit and you understood what was being said, it would be the same, it would have the same impact, maybe even greater impact, and you, would be, and, you, and you would be edified. You said, does this really happen? One of the greatest experiences in my life, and I'll never forget it, nobody can ever take it away from me, is when I was young in ministry in Louisiana and I was, I was on staff at Bethany, uh, a great church, and there was a person that gave a message out loud. It was one of those shout-outs. You ever been in a church where they do shout-outs? Where a person shouted out some things in, in tongues. And then there was another person across. Now, there's about 5,000 people in this room. And there's another person on the other side that gives an interpretation of what was shouted out. Okay? And this would happen every now and then at our church. And back behind me in the bleacher section, there was this guy that started jumping up and down. I was in charge of guarding the stage on that side of the building. And so this guy comes running down behind me and he's Middle Eastern. And I don't know if I should tackle him or run the other way. But I stopped him, because it was my job. I'm like, hold, 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 hold. And he's emotional. A long story short, this guy was a transfer student from the nation of Iran. Back then there were a lot of them at LSU. Where I, where I lived, and he says, "I can't believe it! I can't believe it! It's real! It's real! It's real! God's real! I want to get right with God." He heard the message in an unknown tongue, and it sounded like what his grandparents spoke in a remote village in the countryside of Iran. The trans the interpretation wasn't word for word, but it was a Perfect clear translation of what he heard. He knew there was this was a miracle. There was no way that could happen. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Speaking in tongues is a gift for unbelievers, not for believers. When it's translated this way, that guy got saved. Listen to me, everybody. Still saved today. He's a missionary in Iran and has been there ever since, this time, preaching the gospel because of what happened. Okay, somebody said, well, that ain't real. I don't believe that happened. That was a coincidence and all that kind of stuff. Okay, believe what you want to believe. There will always be people who mock, and there will always be people who who are amazed. I am amazed, and I'm still amazed, and I'll never mock what the Holy Spirit is doing. Okay, now... So you have these these dual application of this. So according to these few verses, I'm just going to give you a couple of points and then we'll close. When you're praying in the Spirit, when a person is praying in tongues and it's led by the Spirit, his Spirit is speaking to God. That person does not speak to man, but he speaks to God. Verse 2, for no one understands him, he speaks mysteries. So you say, well, some people teach, well, all of the speaking in tongues was known language, it was just missionary language, people from different places. No, we find in scripture that the speakers don't even understand what they are saying. Their spirit is speaking mysteries to their intellect. So they're speaking mysteries to God. You say, why would God do that? I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of things that God does, I'm like, That's not logical, that makes no sense to me, but the foolishness of God is wiser than all the wisdom of men. And the wisdom of men is just foolishness to God. That's what Paul said. Can I just say something? If you want, anything that you want from God, it's gonna take a large degree of faith for you to get it. Your skeptical, logical mind sometimes will get you in trouble, other times it's in connection with the Holy Spirit, And he's speaking wisdom for you to stay away from that, don't touch that, that's error, all that. But I know that there are times when you just have to say, it says so in the scripture, I'm going to believe it. It hadn't happened to me yet, that's all right, I'm not going to mock, I'm just going to believe it. And if God brings me into it, I'm going to say, come on God, can I have another please? All right, I don't know how, I know a bunch of you are happy and some of you might be mad, but I'm just going to keep teaching, okay? All right, I I promise I'm not going to go for two hours, but this is so good for you to understand. All right, it says that 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 person that is speaking and praying in a tongue, that he is speaking to men, not to men, but to God. He He speaks mysteries in his spirit. So what is happening when a person is praying in tongues? and he's not understanding what he's praying, but he knows, he's got this witness in his spirit-to-spirit communication that I'm building mess myself up right now while I'm praying beyond my intellect. Does that really happen? Musicians understand what I'm talking about right now. Another huge life-changing experience was when uh, my two older kids are in here right now, and their, dad, their mama died when they were, they were young. And all I cared about was my two kids. My heart was broken, but all I cared about was my two kids. And you know that scripture that said sometimes you're so weak and you don't know how to pray as you ought? That was me. I didn't know how to pray. And I was so weak and wounded and busted up by that. Some of you know this story, but there was a guitar that was sitting over in the corner, and some of you are like, he plays the guitar? Not very good, but I can. (laughs) there was a guitar over in the corner it belonged to to Lucas and Ashley's mama and it sat over in the corner and she wanted to sell it because she's like let's just sell it we need the money and I'm like no I'm going to learn how to play it so I learned how to play it and sometimes it would just be be me and her just worshiping God on on the guitar I could only play about three or four chords but we'd just worship God together and when she died that guitar stayed in that corner and I didn't I wouldn't touch it because it was too painful. But the spirit who knows the will of God and was ministering to me kept prompting me, you need to go play that guitar. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I ain't strong enough to do that. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm just trying to keep from bawling my eyes out every time I see the kids. And this went on for months. And after about the second or third month, that guitar's over there in the corner and And the kids are at my my mom and dad's, at grandparents' night. And I'm lonely and miserable and weak and don't know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit, capital S speaking to my spirit, says, do it. Like, all right. I went over there and grabbed that guitar and I sat down on the couch and I strummed the G chord. I didn't have a song I didn't have words, but when I strummed that G chord and I began to pray, my spirit erupted with worship and love, and there was a communication that was beyond my intellect that brought me into a heavenly healing experience with God just because the Holy Spirit was operating on sound. There is something about God that is so deeply spiritual that you don't have to use words. Sometimes I think that when I am praying in tongues and I don't know how I ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit who knows how to groan without words and intercession can intercede through me when I don't know how to pray and I don't have the words to say and I don't, I I feel too weak to understand. I think it's similar to that. That's the best way that I can illustrate it. Okay? Now, praying in tongues, when it's led by the Spirit, remember? I'm telling you, that it is a prayer and worshiping experience that's beyond the intellect. You say, is that in Scripture? Listen, 1 Corinthians 14, let's take a look. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. The Apostle Paul says, look at it, everybody, it's behind me. And it doesn't matter what translation you look, this is what it says. Okay? So I'm not twisting any Scriptures. For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. You see that? So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. The context is if I pray in a tongue. People say, well, I didn't know that tongues was, a, was any, had anything to do with prayer. I thought it was just interpreting prophetic messages but it's there is a public purpose and a private purpose public and personal and the personal purpose is praying beyond your intellect where your mind doesn't understand but your spirit man is strengthened this is why Jude says that you can build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit so in order for you to understand what I'm talking about, I want you to open up your mind. I just want you to be equipped with this. You say, well, I, 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 how do you know it's just, it, you, you're not just run, saying a bunch of gibberish and all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm just, just understand that the, that the revelation in the teaching of Scripture is that when a person prays in tongues, his inner man is strengthened. Verse 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I, now, according to verse 5, I want you all to speak in tongues, but I would prefer that you prophesy. I don't disagree with that. I don't want everybody speaking in tongues loudly when we all come together, when we're trying to equip and build one another up. It's not about you when you come here. It's about us. Okay, everybody? So what, what, is my, what is my desire? My, my desire is at, at Christian life, we're not going to become extreme and excessive when it comes to the manifestations of speaking in other tongues. But we're not going to deny something and reject something that is real and we have evidence of the scripture. And we're not going to be afraid of pressing in for something that God wants us to have Because we're worried about mockers. Is everybody with me on this? We're just going to go after God. Because we want to be equipped this year. So 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 39. The end of chapter 14. So my brothers. He says. Earnestly desire to prophesy. To speak by the spirit. In a language that people understand. Prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues but all things should be done decently and in order." When Brandon Stewart was here um, he spoke and while he was praying for people at the end he, he, he prayed in his prayer language or he prayed in tongues and I got an, I got an email afterwards from someone I'm not, not sure who they were or who they know but the email basically said I don't believe what was just taught and I'm rejecting that And because the scripture says that if anybody speaks in an unknown tongue it should be interpreted and uh, so we are not coming back and the people that invited us they're concerned about it also and so I tried to respond and I said listen let's have a conversation about this and so I my point is, I, I realize how controversial this is, and I realize that, that pe- there are people that believe that it doesn't uh, happen any longer, but I think it's the enemy's way of keeping the church, churches, big church, big C in America divided, around the world divided, that this is a way of keeping everybody divided. And it's a way, I think, that the enemy uses to cause people to take sides. and for people who are tongue talkers to think they're more spiritual than people who are not. I just said a few moments ago, you don't have to pray in tongues to pray in the Spirit. You just need to be led and guided by the Spirit when you pray. But there are times whenever people who have had this experience and have faith to pray in tongues, that you don't want to judge them and say they're just a bunch of wacky looney tunes either, or you're going to be judging me because I pray in tongues all the time. I have faith for it so but you know I'm not going to allow it to become excessive or extreme where it brings a bunch of confusion and I can pray with people who don't believe what I'm doing when I pray in tongues is real I can pray with them just fine I don't have to force myself on them because there's something bigger than my preferences and that is the church capital C and the love for God amen can you say amen that's a good chance for you to give a big ovation of praise right now. Well, come on, let's stand up um, you know in the discipleship journey that we're filming right now there's a whole there's there's a whole teaching that I give two of them actually on this, and we have taught on this more extensively of, 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 of how do you receive the Acts chapter two experience, and is it something that stopped there's something that we push in for um, i know I know a lot of you I'm, you have more questions than you have answers right now, and some of you are like. Gotten some answers to some of the questions that you have, and I'm happy that. And you know, and and so some of I realize there's some people like well I didn't know you really believe that, and they're not going to be the second time guests. C- can I just tell you that we're not driven by numbers, and we're not going to compromise the gospel because we got to keep our offerings in, and we got to keep a crowd of people. That's it. I, I don't want to grow a big church, I want to equip the church that God has sent here. And this is what my promise is to you. I, I, I will pastor you, I will train you, I will teach you, I will debate with you, I will look at both sides of this. But can I just tell you, I've been doing this for 40-something years. And I'm madly in love with the Lord and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit now more than I ever have. And there are times now when I feel weak and I'm so thankful to have the Holy Spirit that can pray through me when I don't know how to pray. That is a that's a piece of equipment that everybody needs. Because there's times when you don't know how to pray wouldn't it be great for you to just pull out the I I got this thing? That God's got this for us? And just say, Lord, just pray through it. All right. Lift your hands up to the Lord in full surrender. I've taught a long time. I don't know how I break this down in a 20-minute teaching, everybody. Thank you for being patient with me. We just want more of you, Lord. Lord, we want more of you. for those that might be weak here not knowing how to pray Holy Spirit intercede for them pray through them for those that are hungering and desiring the power of God that they see in the scripture Lord as they press in through this fast release your power into their life Holy Spirit, we refuse to grieve you. We love you. We accept you. We believe in you. We want you operating in our midst. Everybody say this prayer. Say, God, hears me. You have all of me. My life is for you. So I lift my hands up and I lay my life down. Intercede through me and accomplish your will through me. Be glorified in my life. In Jesus' name. Okay, look at me, everybody. If you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you've got questions, let us help you. I'm so glad that you came. Visitors, I'm so glad that you were here. One good thing, at least you understand where we stand on some of the controversial issues with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Everybody, let's get equipped this year. Have a great Sunday. Don't forget, men. Hey, men.